And welcome back to Sun and Fun Radio Live. Every year here at Sun and Fun Radio, we bring you aviation podcasts. We've brought you so far, I think we've given you five different podcasts this year. We've got uh, two more lined up for tomorrow night. But tonight, filling the gap between the day and the night air show is The Gap, the gathering of aviation podcasters. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute, but I have a very critical shout-out to do right now. And that is the Sun and Fun Medical Hospitality Team, which is located at the corner of Tom Mack and Doolittle. They're right up by the Bueller Restoration Center. They've asked me to announce to you folks, please drink at least one bottle of water every hour that you are out in the sun. You need to drink. You need to hydrate. Folks, please, the Florida sun is hot for our friends that are down from up north. Even though your winter has been very mild, Florida sun will cook you in a minute. Make sure that you are smart about it and you wear your hat and you wear your sunscreen and you hydrate. you got to drink lots of clear liquids. We now take you to the gathering of aviation podcasters and your host for the evening, Jack Hudson. Yay! Thank you, David. Give it up. Give it up. And, uh, Thank you to uh, Sun and Fun Radio for uh, once again uh, uh, giving me the privilege of being the host of this gathering of aviation podcasters. Over the next 90 minutes or so, we're going to talk with representatives from about seven different aviation podcasts. There are, avi- and that's really the tip of the iceberg, but those are the ones that are actually on the grounds here uh, or that we know of that are here on the grounds, and we've invited them in to kind of, uh, most of all, we're just going to hang or fly. We're just going to talk about what we've seen and what's going on here uh, at the show, but we're also going to talk a little bit about each individual aviation podcast, and, and, and you'll get a sense of all the different types and styles and flavors of, of aviation podcasting that's going on on the net these days. So uh, in this first half hour, I've got representatives of two different uh, aviation podcasts. First of all, let me talk to uh, uh, my old friends uh, who've been on Gap in the past and uh, have been doing, in some ways, you guys are were the founders. You've been doing what turned into podcasting since long before we called it podcasting um, in, a, in a, uh, a program that you call the Powered Sport Flying Radio. Is that right? I'm not sure which one of you wants to jump in here and, and help me out. This is uh, Jim Sweeney. Uh, yes. And hi, Jim. How are you doing? Good. Welcome to town. Thank you. It so, is lovely here. Uh, it sure is. Boy, uh, compared to na- last year, it's, it's especially nice. But this has just been a terrific week so far weather-wise. Um, you guys have been doing this, uh, this program, this audio program, for a long time now. How long? Over 10 years. Yeah. And you, how did it start? How, what, 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 what was it? First of all, why did it get started, and what was it like in those early days? It started uh, over in Paradise City. The first recordings for it were uh, done in a trailer as we interviewed guests and uh, in Paradise City. And those interviews were then played, and we went from a pre-recorded version to a live version. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, it was streaming radio. And the uh, streams were recorded as MP3 files and then archived. Mm-hmm. And so you could, it was Tuesdays, every Tuesday at uh, 10 o'clock, and then recorded and listened or archived so that people could listen to it at a later date. The uh, MP3 turned into the, uh, the podcast, and uh, we just continued with it from there. Yeah. Roy did the original uh, recordings, and then I joined him a little bit later. Yeah. And uh, unlike those of us, uh, speaking for me, me and my podcast, who have these huge egos, and we carefully count every single episode, is it you folks who don't really clearly remember? How many, have you counted how many episodes you've done over the years? Do you know? Once a week uh, for 10 years. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean we, we've been regular. I mean, it's one of those things where we didn't have, um, uh, you, you know, we weren't able to push out any more than anything else because we had scheduled studio time. So it's always been one a week. So 52 times 10 years. So I guess over 500 or so. Yeah. yeah. And that's Roy Beiswinger, the other half of Powered Sport Flying Radio talking. So uh, uh, let's come back to the podcast in a little while. Uh, how's the show? What have you seen? What are you enjoying here? I've had a great time. I yeah. mean, I've had a chance to go to the seaplane base, and I've been to uh, Choppertown, of course, Paradise City. Uh, always nice to go home there. And actually, everything has just been great. I mean, it, it's it's down again a little at, at Paradise City. It's down a little bit again at Choppertown. But there's actually been a lot of good news. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dan Johnson had some uh, wonderful announcements on day one of the show, mm-hmm. he did, he did a, a, a press uh, a thing for, for everybody. Uh, the seaplane base was awesome. I mean, what they were doing at Lake Agnes was great. I'm embarrassed to admit that I've never been to the seaplane base here uh, at, at Sun and Fun. Tell us about it. What's it like? Well, they've, they've moved it from year to year from place to place, but it seems to have found a great home there at Kermit Weeks's uh, Fantasy of Flight. And... It is, you know, it's great because it's, it truly is an event with an event because there's a lot of seaplanes that show up here, but they just, they look awkward here. They're, you know, they're stuck up on stands or they're on wheels or they're, but once you get them on the water, once you get them in their environment where they're, you know, splashing, literally splashing in and out of the water, they have mm-hmm. a big uh, ramp that they just, uh, they'll, they'll be up on land and they'll splash down into the water and they'll taxi around on the water and then they'll take off and, um, if you get there on the right day, which is uh, uh, traditionally Thursday, uh, last year traditionally it, tradition was busted up a little bit with right. a little weather incident we had. Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if you get out there, they're a bunch of wimps. I know it. You know, they just anyway they they finally got it. To, actually, last year was an awesome uh, uh, splash in. Yeah. Because uh, the day, if you remember, Thursday just sucked to high heaven, right. and then Friday was most awesome. It just really, yeah, it, the, the, everything turned around after, it was. The, after the big and, event last and to year. Yeah, be out there on the water. Uh, particularly la- last year was actually better than this year because last year was a lot clearer, and you just get the. I'm a photographer mostly mm-hmm. because of the magazine effort, so I get into the visual aspect of things. But just the the you know the water and the sun hitting it. And the, the the planes, it was just great because they yeah. just you know they go out there and they all kind of taxi around. They seem to have their own way of organizing themselves, but they'll have bomb drops and takeoff uh, contests and landing contests, and they base a lot of it on horsepower and such. But it really is just a fun event, and it literally is. Even if there wasn't a sun and fun, that would be a standalone event. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Now, now the, the big day, I'm making a little air quotes here, the big day is Thursday, but it goes on all through. Oh, yeah. The- they, they were doing their thing today, and a lot of people go out there uh, for their first seaplane flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot, uh, you know, there's not a lot, but there, there are instructors out there. And it's not just big seaplanes, although there's a couple out there. And, and yesterday was awesome because Kermit Weeks got out one of his antiques and started oh, flying really? it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a, oh, I didn't bear, I'm going to embarrass myself because I won't remember. But it, uh, that's why I won't even try. That's okay. Yeah. But um, the, 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 the fact of the matter is you, you get out there any one of the days, particularly not competition day, you can get a chance to fly in a seaplane. 
uh, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of CFIs out there. There's a lot of vendors out there, and they're just having a big time. And, uh, and of course, they're like all of us in aviation. They're just in their niche. They're wanting to pull people into what they do because they're absolutely convinced, and they have some good arguments that what they're doing is the, the best thing in yeah. the sky. Now, how, is there some sort of shuttle that runs between the main grounds here? and uh, There the is, uh, yes. And it runs all the way up to the end, actually past the end of the event, so people don't have to worry too much right. about being deserted out. And they announce on the PA systems when they're getting ready to and go. And I'm sure we can get this answer if you don't know it, but where from the grounds here does that shuttle go from? Do you know? That one. I, I really can't right. answer. But I imagine that's going to be, if you talk to the tram people down at the uh, yeah. center there. And we'll ask around here before the, yeah. before the hour and a half is over. The other podcast represented in this first half hour of Gap this year uh, is, uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble here, the new kids on the block, right? That's us. Kids, thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, I, appreciate, I really he's, appreciate he's, that. He's junior size in all ways. Yeah. <laughs> we have with us uh, two, two-fourths, two-quarters right. of, uh, of smack. I love that. That's, I've never, uh, the, uh, the uh, Stuck Mike Avcast. Uh, which is a, uh, a hanger-flying podcast that uh, is very pleasant and very enjoyable. I like it a lot. And as a member of UCAP, we hate you guys. Right? <laughs> it's to be expected. Yeah, so uh, yeah, We love you guys. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure I, to be here. It's a very, very good podcast that you're doing. I, I enjoy it, and I urge people to take a listen. Um, it's it's uh, uh, a very pleasant group of people. It's the So we've got Carvalari uh, and Len Costa, mm-hmm. and then not not present are, why don't you tell us uh, who your other cohorts there? Uh, we also have Victoria Nouvel. Right. She's mm-hmm. uh, the redheaded aviatrix. Yes. And, uh, unfortunately, right. she's not with us today. And also Rick Felty. Correct. Rick Felty is the other. That's mm-hmm. uh, Yep. And and I know Rick pretty well. From He's a part of the little gang that we hang out with. Uh, uh, together up in uh, in New Hampshire mm-hmm. uh, and and you've joined us I I'm not sure if you've joined times. us but uh, we tried to not, make it the yeah. last time yeah but but, yeah, uh, yeah, but Rick's kind of a regular so uh, but it's a very pleasant podcast how did you get started why what 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 prompted this uh, this all sort of stemmed from my original website thepilotreport.com and I was looking at more ways of uh, creating content and sharing you know aviation with with individuals and uh, I had started seeing aviation podcasts and I came up with the idea that you know this could be could be fun to do something along these lines and one day, you know, the name stuck Mike Avcast. Instead of using podcast, you know, he's combined aviation and podcast. I got Avcast. I'm like, you know, it's got kind of a neat ring to it. Uh, Carl, I had worked with at our air, the airline that we fly at together, so I have known him for multiple years. Uh, Victoria, I had known from a local event in Frederick, Maryland. And then Rick, um, I think I had actually met at one of the UCAP, uh, the very first UCAP brunch. Oh, really? So thank okay. you for the introduction. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, so I decided uh, I knew these folks really well, and what I, what I really liked about it was the diversity and flight experience between us. An airline captain, an airline first officer were also flight instructors. Then we have a uh, commercial pilot and a private pilot, and I thought to myself, well, this might be a good diverse group of individuals to get together because the conversations that we can have about flying, you know, from different levels and different perspectives could be really interesting, you know, not just for ourselves, but for individuals listening in and, you know, also be helpful. So uh, it was, you know, just another way to create content and share the passion of aviation through, you know, my original website, but uh, stemmed into a, you know, a whole, a whole different uh, area now. How long have you been doing the podcast? Almost, uh, it'll be a year in May. I think May 13th will be our first year, so almost a year. And about how often do you do episodes? Is it what, we, like every other week or we, so? Correct. Like? We do, uh, we publish uh, bi-monthly on the first of the month and the 15th of the month. Yeah, that's So we great. actually have one coming out on uh, Sunday. Good. Uh, Sun and Fun, what do you think? Is it a good year? First of all, have you been to Sun and Fun before? I've been... Uh 
coming to Sunnyfern for about 22 years now. Okay. And absolutely <laughs> so love it. This is, oh my gosh, this is a wonderful event. It's like coming home. I get to see all my friends mm-hmm. that I only see at Sun and Fun. And I also teach not far from here, over in the Tampa Bay area. But this year has been a bit different for me. Uh, it's been life-changing, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I was able and really blessed to spend some time with the WASPs the women air service pilots. and the They out, are cool, they were, heroic ladies, aren't they? Yes, yeah. they were. And they did not get the recognition they really deserved. And the one takeaway from this event, which I never expected, is that for now on, I really can't complain about much. These people you really yep. served our country, and they had so many challenges that they had to overcome. And while listening to them, I was in awe. And as you could tell, I was pretty excited, too. I mean, I'm, I'm in love with these ladies. They're just terrific. <laughs> I agree completely. I met them a couple of years ago here on the deck at, at uh, Sun and Fun Radio, and uh, I couldn't agree more. What about you, Len? What do you see? My, anything that particularly... St- first of all, have you been here before? No, my first time. First time. My first oh, time. So, and you've been here less than 24 hours right now. Right. So. I got in at uh, 9 p.m. last night. We showed up here at noon, and I've been running around like a kid in a candy store, excited to see everything. So. Uh-huh. Uh, for, Should I tell him? Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but it, yeah, it's been it's been great so far. Yeah, you know, my first order of business was to go and see all my friends that I know, you know, as vendors and stuff out there, and say hello. I did a, a couple of interviews so far, so I haven't had a chance to actually enjoy the air show. But um, as far as uh, you know, as far as the first experience, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned that the splashing is every day, because I thought that I had missed it just yesterday, but I may. You know, go and check it out. You said, didn't you? Or not the splashing itself, but there's seaplane activities every the day. The seaplane base operates throughout the show. Right, here. through the whole show. N- not through the whole show. You, no, may, okay. you want to check your schedule because okay. I believe the splash in started yesterday. Right. Runs through today, and I am. Oh, so not, I may have missed it again. You may have missed oh, it. Bummer. But I'll tell you what, it is something to look forward to. Yeah. Okay. It's something to put on your on your list, and it's not a bucket list because you don't want to do it just once. Right. Sure. You, you want to go back. Yeah. So you know that's one thing that I wish I had a, been able to get down earlier in the week to to see that. But uh, so far, it's really good. I mean, I've seen a lot of cool airplanes too. It's just awesome. Yeah. And yeah. just for a quick plug, that uh, in. With Fantasy of Flight, boy, I tell you, those folks had an incredible splashing for many, many years, and they have some amazing float planes out there. And uh, I, I suggest anybody during the year, if they get a chance, go out there. You'll be, get to see some great restorations. Kermit Weeks has done a terrific job out cool. there. Yeah. Tell me, uh, and I'm going to ask uh, uh, um, Roy and Jim the same question here, but Carl and Len, um, characterize your podcast. What kind of things do you talk about what's the subject the nature the tone that kind of thing sure well uh i mean our motto is an aviation podcast about learning to fly living to fly and loving to fly and a lot of it stems around you know the the four different experiences like i said from airline captain to first officer to commercial pilot to private pilot things that we've experienced out there flying in the real world um stories that we can share with each other to to you know what I call share teachable moments, you know, things that, hey, you know, um, Rick might have done something as a private pilot. He's not quite sure, you know, what to, what the reaction is. Or one, you know, he asks us sometimes about, should the airplane behave like this? And from our experience, we can pitch in and add some ideas. So it's, um, it's I don't want to say it's a flight instruction podcast because it's not, you know, that essence of it. But uh, there's a lot of sharing stories and collaborating and building off of, uh, you know, each other's experiences, really. And what else would you like to add? Well, it's, it's a constant learning process. Right. And one thing that I've found is that I learn from the other co-hosts who 
are also private pilots. And here I have a few thousand hours and an right. airline captain. And Rick Felty, who's a private pilot, I've been able to learn so much from him. Because, of course, I don't fly VFR much. Exactly. It, just the past few years right. started, and it's been terrific. And, and the other thing, too, I think what happens is, and what's been great is we finally were in our groove, and we've been able to share our passion for aviation sure. finally. And, and just talk to people and, and say, hey, this is this is something I learned from my experience, and I'm passing that along. And if just one item helps somebody and keeps them safe or possibly saves a life, it's it's worth the effort. Right, right. And, and it is an effort. I didn't, I really didn't le- realize going into this that this would be <laughs> this much work. And just in scheduling right. alone, uh, just trying to get everybody together is incredible. Yeah. And you know that. I, yeah, I, I do sure know that. Do. And I only have to schedule three people. And <laughs> You know, there's a, there's a, I don't know what they, there must be some sort of economic rule about it. But every time you add one more person to the mm-hmm. scheduling process, yeah. it becomes ten times more difficult. It's, yeah, so I, I completely sympathize and, and agree. Roy and Jim, tell us about the powered sport flying radio. Uh, what's the nature, what's the subject? Is it uh, sport flying? So what does that mean to you guys? Uh, sport f- flying uh, for us started with the ultralight community. And we were focusing very specifically on the uh, different categories, although they weren't categories back then, of uh, machines that were flying. So uh, weight shift, powered parachute, uh, powered paragliders, and uh, paragliders. And it has transitioned into and includes uh, light sport aircraft and uh, the addition of the categories there also. So the the emphasis, um, we we do maintenance aspects of it, we do regulatory aspects of it, uh, instructional aspects of it, and um, typically we are interviewing a, uh, a, whole, or a guest that is current for that particular week. And we also get quite a bit into the regulatory aspect of it. And so we've had uh, guests from different uh, areas, uh, the alphabet groups, uh, individuals who are out there doing it, instructing in it, and uh, emphasizing uh, uh, the specific categories that they're flying. Yeah. I, I know you folks have been taking a well-earned uh, uh, break, a hiatus, if you will, uh, and a sabbatical. Sabbatical. Okay, that's what we're calling a sabbatical. No, and, and, and I, I totally appreciate wanting, needing to take a little break after you've done it for a while. You guys have done it for a lot longer than the rest of us. Um, I, I, you're going to restart at some point in the future now? I, I, announcements, please? Well, we, she, by the way, you didn't see that. Jim pointed to Roy and yeah. said, Roy. <laughs> you know, what, what was interesting about it to me was that as soon as the announcement was made that we were not going to be doing it, you know, and at that point it was, well, we're winding down, we got a lot of comments from folks, no, you can't do that. Uh-huh. And, and some of them were the guests. Some of them were, you know, Jim was Sabbatical. Like, yeah, the, he was the first one that modified it from... To sabbatical and and really the more folks that we had talking about that the more it it, it made sense because really and truly there's there's a couple things we're trying to do uh, one of them is there there really isn't a voice for the ultralight light sport world I mean we um, you know we we focus on you know the the, the real little stuff that what we call the aviation orphans and um, so we knew we needed to come back, or I had it explained to me that we needed to come back. <laughs> and, and you know, right now it is modifying the workflow. It's probably going to be within the next two months where we start get up and rolling and, and have a product out there for everybody every two months, or excuse me, every week. The, the issue has been for us has been it's going from a live show 
which is incredibly uh, complicated because all the issues you have of getting everybody into one room, you got to get them all into one room at 11 a.m. Central Time mm-hmm. on Tuesdays. Okay, and so people would drop off because we had airline pilots that would participate who also flew the ultralight stuff, and it, it you know just got. It was just a difficult uh, sure. logistical thing. So, if we change the workflow to a podcast, it seems like if we're if we're basing it on one-on-one interviews, that we should be able to get things done, have the same quality of a product, but not have that effort into it. But it means setting up the studio and all because we used a uh, you know a contract studio for our first ten years. Actually, we used three contract studios. Mm-hmm. We, we outlasted studios with the oh, show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now, now the goal is okay. We got to set up the studio. We got to get the. I got to get savvy on all the stuff that all you guys are already savvy on, um, and and start putting it together. So, you know, and a lot of it is forced around a magazine deadline now. And we're you know we're real proud of the fact that this is the fifth magazine now that shows up in uh, bookstores, Barnes and Noble included. And so you know we got to keep that, you know, keep the eye on that prize while at the same time doing the radio show, which is important, just as uh, you know, one of the things is advocacy. we got other promotional mm-hmm. things we try to do with it. Yeah. Carl and Lynn, what sort of flying do you guys do? So you, you mentioned, you alluded to the fact that you're both uh, professional pilots. Correct. Um, what sort of flying, do you, if any, do you do in addition to that? Well, I, I fly quite a bit, actually. On my days off, I'm usually flying. I had a 182 until a week ago. I just uh, sold oh. it. So He's going to start crying. But, no, I'm not going to cry <laughs> because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm between airplanes. It was, you know, I never realized how attached I'd become to an airplane. Uh-huh. I really did. Uh, but I can I'm, believe it completely. <laughs> I'm sure that's the way I'll be when, when the day comes. But, oh, uh, boy. And uh, I also fly a 172 and a 182 RG mm-hmm. and an Archer in a club in New Jersey out of Solberg Air. Airport, and then I'm um, always jumping into people's airplanes, and uh, people are asking me to go fly, whether it's in a 310 or in a Baron or in a Champ. Uh, I just love anything that I can get my hands on. It seems like I get invited quite a bit. I do do some flight instructing, and I'm also a NFA safety representative out of That's the right. Tampa FISDO, so I do a lot of those meetings. I'm doing one usually a week or mm-hmm. one every other week, uh, so I'm constantly instructing and, and teaching. So, yes, yeah. very much involved in, in general aviation, and I love it. It, it, uh, it really brings back the passion for flight that sometimes you miss out on when you're uh, just flying for the airlines and yeah. Yeah. going from point A to point B. How about uh, you, How about you, Lynn? Well, I've done, uh, I, I used to fly once a week with a gentleman that I used to flight instruct with in his Piper 6X, and then I used to fly the airplane for pleasure. Um, that was about a year, year and a half ago, and then I've, I've been moving around so much in the last year and a half, I haven't enjoyed uh, as much general aviation flying as, as normal, but I've gone up uh, with Victoria's boyfriend a couple of times, uh, fiancé now, actually, in his glass era, which has been a lot of fun, because mm-hmm. that's uh, quite a quite a capable little airplane in uh, a lot of regards and so um what i'm trying to do is just uh once i get settled in here i'm hopefully by the end of the summer is get into a little bit more flight instructing again um and and do some more of that yeah i do miss it yeah and uh roy and jim what kind of flying do you guys do uh uh, sort of in real life because you're not professional pilots you you guys work in the industry of course but but not as pilots no. I, am I correct about you? Yes. I am correct about that. Yeah. Uh, Jim, what sort of flying do you do or have you done over the years? I own a uh, Citabria. You do? Okay. And uh, fly that quite a bit. Uh, beyond that, there's been uh, a lot of work with the LSA groups and 
a number of the uh, LSA uh, tricycle geared and tail wheeled uh, LSAs, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the passion beyond that is uh, powered parachutes, and uh, that's where Roy and I get connected uh, primarily is the powered parachute. Beyond that, it's uh, aviation sport pilot ground schools uh, that I uh, do and uh, fast team. I do a lot of safety seminars. Yep, and uh, Roy. My, my weakness is still the powered parachute. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm still an active flight instructor. We'll do a concentrated course. I think it's right now. I think it's the only one in the country right now. There's a couple of people who have tried to emulate what we've been doing. But we bring Jim in as a ground instructor. We bring in a flight instructor for each person. But the most important thing for me is it gets me out flying for, you know, I get two weeks where I, I know I've got to fly, and I, can't, I don't have any excuses, mm-hmm. and I can't say I'm going to work on something else instead. So it's, that, that's really most, but I own a gyroplane and getting instruction in that, so I hope to be flying that soon regularly. That's great. Well, thank you. Well, we're just about out of our, uh, our time here in this first half hour. Uh, thank you to uh, Roy Baiswinger and Jim Sweeney of the Powered Sport Flying Radio. I, program. I keep wanting to say podcast, but that's not you don't use that term. Uh, where can people find out more about you, perhaps on the Internet? Um, I'm up at, uh, with the archives with Powered Sport Flying Radio, or PSFradio.com, and my own website is SweeneyCorp.com. And PSFradio.com. Uh, magazine is PSFmagazine.com. So you get a theme there. And, uh, and there's also the older archives. I mean, if you go back when we were labeled as the Ultra Flight Radio Show, there's UltraFlightRadio.com. And there's a lot of good stuff there, too. Mm-hmm. And, and the place where people can find to subscribe or download to Powered Sport Flying is... Well, iTunes. Search for it in iTunes. Of course, yeah. that's probably the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. iTunes is there, but you could also subscribe right off of the web. If you get to the website, there's the iTunes links. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, Carl Valeri and Len Costa of Smack. <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of that. Smack. I'm sorry. I apologize. In no, that's good. It's good. Stuck Mike Avcast. Uh, where can people find you and, and, and subscribe to uh, your podcast? Uh, sure. The uh, There's uh, two feeds we have in iTunes. One's an enhanced feed, which has uh, images and clickable links, uh, those are and an MP3 feed. Those are both available in the uh, iTunes um, in the iTunes store. There, we also are available on stuckmikeavcast.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. And one of our new uh, something I'm very proud of is our iPhone, iPad, and Android mobile application. So you can search in any of your uh, respective mobile phone marketplaces, the App Store, the Android Marketplace for Stuck Mike Avcast, and you'll find us there as well. Excellent. And it's free. Download it. Make sure you, make sure you get it. And uh, you can find me at uh, expertaviator.com, where I actually do a one free lesson per week. And, oh, he does. Uh, he does so again, that's expertaviator.com. And my other blog is thepilotreport.com. There you go. Okay. There we go. Did everybody get that? There'll be a quiz. All right. <laughs> so much, so much info. Thank you very much. We'll be back in a few minutes. We've got representatives of three different podca- aviation podcasts that will be joining us here on the Sun and Fun Radio deck in just a few minutes. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Sun and Fun 2012 Gathering of Aviation Podcasters. Hello, aviators. This is Pilot Jim G, and you're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, broadcasting at 1510 a.m. from Lakeland, Florida, and live on the web at liveatc.net forward slash SNF. 
We're back with the gathering of the aviation podcasters here at Sun and Fun 2012. Uh, out on the deck, we've got a, a whole new batch of aviation podcasters to talk with uh, this half hour. And well, well, uh, Didn't we just do this a year ago? Yeah, that's right. We did do it a year ago, David. Uh, that's Dave Higdon. He's one of my cohorts at the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast. Hi, David. How are you? You know, Jack, it's just been such a lovely week. It's hard to say anything other than lovely. Yeah, it, was, it is lovely, isn't it? Uh, we also have Rob Sigliano here from the uh, the New Pilot Pod blog. Hi, hi, Rob. How you doing? Hang on. We got to make sure this is turned on. There you slide that. Can you hear me now? There we go. Can you hear me now? Can we hear you now? Yes. yes. Uh, hi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I just and, got uh, in here. Yeah, you just arrived. What today or yeah, yesterday? But, uh, or? Four hours ago. Okay. And with the use of that phrase, you just signed a two-year no-cancel extended contract on your cell phone. Yes, I know that. <laughs> I'm sure there's a story. All right. Listeners have to understand that these four folks have been kind of hanging out on the deck for a half an hour uh, during that first segment. So they're all chatted out, probably. I could be in big trouble here. I don't know. But uh, And then also here are uh, two of my friends from the Mile High Flyers podcast, uh, Mike Daniels and Elizabeth Daniels. Hi, folks. How are you doing? Hi, Jack. Thanks for having us on. Oh, you're very welcome. It is Elizabeth Daniels, right? It you, is. In these days, you never know. You yeah. know, it's like, my goodness. It's no, like, I love him so much. I wanted his last name. We're trying to steal my wife again. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, how's everybody doing? Let's see now. How do I want to do this? Um, I guess I'm going to start with David. No, that's just a big mistake. I don't know. (laughs) That's usually not the smartest approach. (laughs) Uh, In the first segment, I was asking people how they got started doing podcasting. And and, and I know you love to tell this story, so let's kind of like the shorter version. All right. How did did Uncontrolled Airspace come about? Drive to sushi. Jack's idea Jeb and I went, yeah, right. A year later, he went, no, really, seriously. Two weeks later, we started it. That was ni- that was 2006, 1923 years ago. <laughs> How would you describe the podcast? What's it? Is it, a, is it an interview show or a? We're a hangar flying podcast. Yep. And as far as I know, we're fair. We're still fairly unique in that we gather virtually around a mutual phone connection online, and we engage in one of aviation's second oldest traditions, hangar flying. First oldest tradition is flying. Oh, okay. <laughs> Boy, I'm glad. I was Had you worried, didn't I? Was really yeah. Yeah. I really was. They were a little worried was, about that. I was a little nervous. Se- segway to Mile High Flyers. Yeah, okay. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, actually, I want to, I want to go to them, them not next. Okay. <laughs> I want to ask about uh, New Pilots Pod Blog, uh, Rob. Uh, how, uh, how long have you been doing it, and what's that podcast like? I've been doing it for about three years now. Uh-huh. And it really started out that I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts when I was a student pilot, the Hangar, Fly, Hangar Flying Podcast and, and others, and I realized there was no podcast on transitioning from a student pilot to a, a private pilot and what you can do with your pilot's license. So basically it's, it's me just talking about my experiences, uh, what I've done, uh, what I'm doing now, uh, using my uh, private pilot's license. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, and basically it's a one-man show. Uh, I have guests on every now and then, do some interviews, and uh, just basically talk about what I've done in the past. Yep. And how long have you been doing it? Three years. Yep. Okay. And about oh, how many episodes does that turn into? I mean, uh, about twenty-five. Uh, I try to do one a month. Turns out to one every two months. Then no, sometimes yeah. once every three months. Mm-hmm. And and have you 
covered a lot of ground. I mean, you know, can, how, what are some of the some of your favorite moments, if you will, some of the subject you've, you've talked about that you feel like really came off well, really, you know, did what you were trying to accomplish? Well, I think my favorite podcast that I've done so far is when I took my daughter up flying, mm-hmm. and it was her first time flying. Uh, it was a lot of uh, uh, in cockpit audio, and it was just her experiences. Uh, in flying and, and her reaction. How old is she? She's 16. Mm-hmm. But she was 16 at the time. She's 18 now. Yep. So we had a nice flight. And on that flight, not only what I liked about it was her experience and sharing her experience uh, during that flight, but also I tried to put a lot of audio in it to, talk, uh, to show about what's it like to fly around New York, how to use flight following, how to, uh, how to talk to ATC, just because I knew when I was a student pilot, that was somewhat difficult for me. And listening to liveatc.net helped me along the way. But also knowing what to do with flight following, following how to get handed off to controllers, and things like that. So I tried to put things like that into my podcast, things that I knew that I had questions about or I wondered when I was a student pilot. Try to t- uh, really try also to drive home the fact that it's easy to open up a flight plan, it's easy to get flight following, and there's really no reason to do it. So that was my favorite uh, podcast, but I've interviewed uh, Monica Petrillo for... Uh, um, Walkabout, right? Uh, flyabout, thank you. Flyabout, thank you. Uh, I've, <laughs> I knew it was that Australian thing, I'm sorry. I, it's an aviation right. show. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I stand corrected, yeah. That was, and uh-huh. I've interviewed, back when Piper was... Putting out the Piper Sport, I interviewed the chief pilot and a PR rep from that. So I try to also get people on the show that I'm interested about. But it basically, what really the show is about my experiences flying and, mm-hmm. and trying to bring people along and, and show them what they can do with their license. Yeah. Now, Mike and Elizabeth, your situation's a little bit different. Um, you guys were doing Mile High Flyers podcast with some of your uh, uh, friends, and uh, and and it was going gangbusters. We were loving it, and but you haven't done one for a while. Now, can I sidetrack you real fast? Yes, you can. I want to say that that's my favorite episode of Robert's podcast as well. Also, oh, okay. is the one he took his daughter up, and I really liked that one. That was Thank great. you. Yeah. Um, you guys haven't done a podcast in a while. What's what's going on? With um, that? Well, um, as you guys that do podcasts, like Jack, know it's a lot of work. So it's 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 hard to do, and the editing and so forth, and stay on top of it. And either you got to really, really, really be good at doing it, or you got to spend a lot of time cutting out all the oohs, ahs, and uhs out of it. Uh, yeah, I gave up on that a long time. Ago, <laughs> quite frankly, but okay. Well, you know, we love your show. So and it's so we, we've we've kind of pod faded. Uh, you know, it's so. I'm, yeah, no, but, well, I, but now. Not, but, well, I was going to say, like like Len and Carl had mentioned, you know, the, the work involved and, uh, you know, co- the coordination. I'm sure you guys have run into that, although you've been amazingly, fantastically consistent. But just coordinating, making sure that, you know, the connections are coming through and the audio yeah. is working well. And Scheduling is really, really yeah. tough. I mean, Nate, Denver pilot, who was the kind of the main guy for us, he, he swapped jobs. And, you know, we, yeah. life gets in the way, you know how it goes. And Ziola, you know, went back to school, and she's doing great, and actually started her own podcast. Right. Um, which is very good. I which is very good. Yeah. Up the box office. And, uh, 
you know, we've Elizabeth and I have talked about doing our own thing a little bit because we do so much stuff that if we did it, it probably wouldn't be just an aviation podcast. Right. It would probably be like Adventures with Mike and Elizabeth or something because she jumps off of buildings and all sorts of craziness. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. And I just fly her to places that she yeah. can do it. So. But, you know, we, we build a lot of those adventures around flying. And, sure. And, you know, what plane, you know, Mike is, I'll be able to say, I'd like to go here to do this race. And he'll say, well, I think that this plane would be great for me to get checked out in so that we can do that. So, yeah, we build a lot of that around the flying. So I think it would still be very interesting to... Yeah, no, I think it sounds like it would be. And and although we would love to hear the two of you back on a podcast of some sort, I know you're very, in addition to being passionate about aviation, you're very active social media folks, too, yes. mm-hmm. on uh, on the Twitter and, uh, and some others, I'm sure, yep. as well. You know, yep. uh, Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. so uh, and later on we'll ask you where people can find you there. We'll, okay. get, we'll get that information sure. later and on. This is our, our third year living on the radio deck, so we don't just hang out watching everybody just because it's the podcast. We're always hanging out here. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we learned that from you guys, I think, you and Dave and Jeb. So. We learned this is the place to be. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, and it is There's the place no to end be. to the bad habits we've passed <laughs> on. Exactly. You should feel so proud. Mike, tell me about your hat. You're wearing a really cool-looking hat. This is your RAF hat, I believe. Just right? one more thing I can blame on you. Um, yeah, this is uh, the RAF hat, which is the Recreational Aviation Foundation, and I first heard about them from you on one of your podcasts mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And uh, we met John McKenna, and we actually interviewed him on the Mile High Flyers, which is one of my favorite episodes of the Mile High Flyers, actually. Um, and now we interviewed him here at Sun and Fun, ironically enough, three years ago. Um, I really love what they do. I mentioned the other day on your show that they just opened up the chicken strip out there in Death Valley. And mm-hmm. they work out deals with the park services and BLM. And they keep these little backwood dirt strips that really aren't even on sectionals open that just local pilots know when they go in and camp and fly. Or the and fish chicken and stuff. strip? It's 1,400-foot uphill into a mountain. There's no go-around. It's, it's your it, kind of airport, David. <laughs> yeah, but, Mike, what's the best part about it? Uh-huh. The best part about the chicken strip or yeah. the, uh, the yeah. hot springs and stuff that are there, yeah. Clothing optional. It's Clothing is yeah. optional, yeah. He wasn't going to go there, I think. I think he had decided not to go yeah, there. I Thank you, Richard. Yeah, favorite that place of old hippies. That adds a little more meat to the chicken strip. Yeah. I was going to say, and interestingly enough, he has not taken me there. I've only flown over it with a shotgun F-15 uh, and his Lance. He was doing tight it. turns. I was doing pitchers because... You're not going to land a turbo lance on that runway. Uh High-power lances? Not not more than once, anyway. I have not been included in that flyover. I wonder why that might be. It was closed at the time. (laughs) It was not open. Um, But it is now, they just signed the contract last week. It's back up. They've resurfaced Uh it. Quick question. On the flyover, is clothing optional? (laughs) We were clothed. (laughs) Just check. I don't, I don't know. There's an FAA regulation that says you've got to be clothed to fly an airplane. There, I don't there, really no, know. No, as a matter of fact. I can tell you categorically, there is not. There, because oh. this was a story about two, three, four months ago. For the, oh, we won't go into that story here. Oh. <laughs> Later on, we'll tell you that story. All right? Or but Google you know, it or something. But this opens up yeah. a whole new set of possibilities. She's right. always trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Family AM radio. Yeah, AM radio. Right. All right. A family, family uh, so show. RAF, a good organization. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're a great organization. Anyway, so my cap, every year they do a... They do charity drives like any uh, organization like this would, and every year one of the things they do is what they call a founder hat, and they print up 150 funky-looking hats, and for the you know the small price of a proper donation, plus whatever you feel like giving on top of that, you get one of the hats, and this is my second year having one, and I some guys just buy them and collect them, but I buy them and wear them out. Next yeah. year when the next hat comes out, this hat will be about done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. And, and trust me when I tell you that he doesn't just wear it everywhere here. He wears it everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> That time. conjures up pictures I'd rather not have. <laughs> well, I bought a Diamond Star hat yesterday because of the diamond we fly, and you see who's wearing that. 
Yeah, yeah. there you go. Elizabeth is wearing that hat. Well, and the RAF does such a great job mm-hmm. of helping preserve and open up backcountry strips that otherwise might disappear into the forest. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely, and they got a great sim. If you haven't done it yet, you get a, they start you out and let you land on one of their strips that they actually built up in Montana on the, um, what is that, a red bird flight sim they got over there. It's really cool. I had fun, yeah. and I actually did it. I didn't crash. I got commented on how close I was flying to the mountains. They said most people stay way away from them, but I've had a mountain flying course. Yeah. And so RAF, plus it's a sim. You can't get hurt. RAF, as I understand it, is, uh, is not, strictly speaking, a member organization. It, is a, it depends on charitable donations like, like donating in order to get a hat or that kind of thing. Yeah, they and, depend on charitable donations and volunteers. So yep. they've got and, uh, and although they were founded in the Rocky Mountain area, it has become a national organization. I know it's very active up in northern New England uh, with uh, some chapters up there trying to preserve uh, uh, off-field or not off-field, but uh, backcountry back airports up in northern New Hampshire and Vermont and Maine. So uh, people might want to check that out if that's the kind of flying you're interested in. If you land on a strip in the backcountry, it is not an off-field. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that's, okay. I, I miss, Just checking. I misspoke. David, David, uh, so uh, listeners to Uncontrolled Airspace uh, know in excruciating detail about your background as a pilot, but perhaps listeners to GAP don't. Um, how did you get started in all this flying stuff? You've been doing it for a long time. Uh Let's see how quickly we can get through this. All right, don't be too quick. As, but, but, yeah, tell as, us the as story. As a child, my uncle took me for a ride in his brand-new Skylane 182. I was about eight. He was a uh, former B-17 pilot who was among the rare World War II aviators who continued to fly in civilian life. Uh, but nothing came along that fit the budget until Francis Regalo helped spawn the launch of the Regalo wing hang gliding movement. And in 77, I spent a little time in Chattanooga at, uh, at uh, the uh, Crystal Flight Park at Raccoon Mountain, operated by who's now one of my oldest friends, Dan Johnson. Learned to hang glide. A few hundred hours later, I was living in Chattanooga. DJ taught me to fly ultralights. I came here the next year and flew quicksilvers and drifters and weed hoppers and, oh, my, and it's just kind of stuck, mm-hmm. uh, and we've taken it on from there. Yep. And at some point, you made the jump to uh, to uh, private pilot. Yeah. Finally, after about eighteen years, uh, you know, the uh, idea of actually using an airplane to go places mm-hmm. really caught on with the bride and me, and uh, so we found a great deal on a nineteen sixty nine Cherokee one hundred and forty in which I got my private pilot's license. And we launched off on uh, what turned out to be a lot of cross-country adventures, good flying. We moved to Comanche a couple years later. Uh, We were able to string together trips to Grand Cayman Island and Cancun and both coast and Canada and family visits over the river, over the woods, to Grandma's house. And uh, we still embrace the lifestyle today. Yeah. Now, I know your last uh, owned airplane was the Comanche. And, uh, Correct. You've been without it for a couple of years. You're getting real serious about getting another airplane. What, do you think you're, what sort of airplane do you want to get? Well, you know, there was an old uh, Stephen Stills song about love the one you're with. Uh-huh. And today, all the years later, after we sold Air Comanche, uh, the numbers for fuel burn, performance, bang for the buck, still favor an older used airplane of that era, for our budget at least. And the Comanche is the Comanche 180 is still the best bang for the buck. Yeah. So we're looking for another one of those. Yeah. 
Rob, what kind of flying do you do? What, what's your background as a pilot, and, and, and you know, what do you do now? Uh, I've been a pilot since 2008. You're there. Yep. Okay. We can hear you. Um, and mostly I do, um, I come up to the UCAP meetup in Nashua. Uh, those yep. are my longest trips. Uh, mostly flying around Long Island, uh, up to Connecticut with uh, my daughter, my, my youngest son. My oldest son doesn't like to fly. And just up with, with friends. Dave Torrente, who I come up to Nashville sure. with. It's mostly local trips. It's not a lot of cross countries. It's not a lot of overnight type. It's not, no overnight type stuff. My wife is a little uh, afraid of flying, so that limits the possibilities. But I get up whenever I can. Mm-hmm. If it's just to do a sightseeing tour around Long Island, do a circle around Montauk Lighthouse, and right. fly up the Hudson. Now you fly an LSA aircraft. Yes, I fly uh, the Sport Cruiser. Mm-hmm. And I do that mostly. Basically, are you a course. private pilot? Or yes, you're I'm a private, you're a private pilot. pilot. Okay, yeah. I, did, I got my license. I sold off in a 140. I ended up getting in, in the Diamond Star. And it was just too expensive, mm-hmm. uh, especially around New York when there's a lot of wait times. Uh, we're sitting, you're, you're sitting and watching the Hobbs meter burn while you're waiting to take off or, or to taxi. So I did, looked into the LSA, looked into Sport Cruiser. I tried Technims. Uh, I like the Sport Cruiser. It's a two-seater. If it's my mission, uh, VFR day flights, one other person, all by my or by myself. It has has a great fuel burn. It's a great plane, and it it really fits the bill. Yeah. Do you own it or rent it? Or? I rent it. Yeah. Yeah. You want care to tell us what organization? What's the FBO you you yeah. operate with? Sure. It's Mid Island Air. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's out of uh, Brookhaven on Long Island. They also have uh, uh, operation at Islip, and. Um, they're, they're really the only outfit on Long Island that uh, rents, a, or teach, uh, rents LSAs and teaches a sport pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have my private pilot, so uh, you know, I just use the plane, the sport, uh, sport cruiser, because it's economical and fits the bill. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys, you guys are building an airplane, uh, Mike and Elizabeth, uh, correct? Yes. yes, we're building a Zenith CH750. Yep. How's that, how's that going? Where, how, where are you in the build? I'm... Uh, yeah, well, like the the empennage is basically done, and we're working on the fuselage now. We've got most of the fuselage clico together. It is has the build experience been what you expected? Pretty much, yeah. Um, while I've never built a full size airplane before, I've built cars, trucks, motorcycles, off road vehicles. I've done this type of stuff my whole life, and um, lots of RC helicopters and airplanes and that, and. What I learned with some of the RC helicopters I did is I actually enjoyed the build better than operating some of the RC toys anyway. And mm-hmm. while I love flying, building's just a whole different thing. You know, if you want to own an airplane, you know, everybody told me this to begin with, and it's true. You don't build an airplane; you go buy an airplane. Right. You build an airplane because you want to build something. Yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the configuration of the airplane you're talking about, Mike? It's a. It'll be when we're done with it because we're building it. We say what we want. It'll be a light sport compliance, and it'll. Uh, just a two-person side-by-side. It's a slow airplane, max out about 90 miles an hour, and it's designed to take off in 100 foot and land in that, 100 that's foot. That's their high-wing stole model, right? And it's a high-wing STOL. It's got wing slats on it. Yep. Well, and what I said to Mike when he brought up the idea of building and talked about the different planes that he wanted to build, I really like the idea of a, a kit where I could be a little bit more help to him on the basic tasks because I have no experience with this kind of thing. Um, so there, there is some basic stuff that I can come in and help him with periodically. And then the other thing I said to him was, I don't care if you build it for the rest of your life and it never you know, becomes flyable, but in the meantime, we need to have something that we can rent so we can actually fly. Because I really like 
what we can achieve and the experience we can have being up in the air. So I didn't want it to be something where he was stuck in the hangar building all the time and we were never flying. So that was the arrangement that we had. Build, yeah. build forever as long as you want. I'll help you out. But in the meantime, we need to be able to fly. Yeah. So it's all metal um, and rivets. It's no, not cloth or fabric or anything. Right. So it's all sheet aluminum and rivet. Yeah. Right. What airplane or airplanes do you fly when you on these trips over the uh, chicken strip? Well, we belong to uh, two flying clubs. So currently we're flying a, a 1956-172 with a Chapter 163 flying club at North Las Vegas Airport. Uh-huh. Nobody believes me when I tell them, but it's 60 bucks an hour wet. It's true. Really? Yes. Very sir. nice. That is a fact. We fly for uh, cost. And we've got an AMP in the club and stuff, and we do all our own maintenance on it. Is that a special deal because you're just sweet people, or, or is that <laughs> no, it's anybody be- walking it's basically, the street and get that rate? It, the club is a handful of members from the local EAA chapter mm-hmm. You know, that are building airplanes all got together and decided we're going to form a little flying club and buy a really cheap 172 that we can fly while we're building. So. You buy into the club. The I club see. owns the airplane, and we do the maintenance, right? We, time's free, so mm-hmm. we do all the maintenance on it. And there's some restrictions on it, like you can only fly 300 nautical miles because if it breaks somewhere, we don't have the funds to hire somebody to fix it. we got to go get in the truck and drive to where the plane is, mm-hmm. and, you know, the A&P's got to fix it or we got to fix it, and somebody's got to sign off on it. Depending yep. on what's going on. Yep. And then we fly a Diamond Star with the executive pilots, a right. DA-40. I like that one. Oh, it's a great airplane. Uh-huh. Great yeah. airplane. Now, Mike, at this time, you are the licensed pilot of the of the pair here, right? But, but Elizabeth, I, I've always gotten the feeling that you're you're ready. You- well, I'm a very intermittent student pilot. I've taken a couple of formal lessons, and then whenever we go up together, I always try to get a little something in, a little practice, a little stick time. Uh, kind of talking through some stuff uh, in addition to the stick time. But it's one of those things you have to set aside the funds and the time to do it. And uh, I haven't done that at this point. But I would like to. My ultimate goal is to get my own license yeah. as well. Have you ever taken one of these, uh, what do they call them? The Pinch hitter. Pinch hitter courses, pinch hitter. yeah. Have you ever taken one Not of those? Not yet. Okay. It's on the list. Okay, mm-hmm. great. There's no pinching involved, so don't worry about it. Ooh, okay. Really? That's a bummer. <laughs> Just kidding. It's a family show. Sorry. Uh, Mike and Elizabeth, you are currently podcast-less, but uh, uh, you are very, very uh, present on the Internet. Uh, Where can people find you on the Internet? Well, you can find uh, me at uh, Mike underscore flies, F-L-Y-S, on Twitter. Um, And you can find myself and actually her as well. We've got a little website, uh, mjd2.com. It links to my business and our little personal stuff and everything, basically, so. And I'm on Twitter as well under LV Moxie Girl. And then I do have a website for my own variety of stuff, my voiceover work, my writing, my um, art projects as well, called moxiegirlproductions.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. David, where can people find uncontrolled airspace on the uh, Internet? Hang out. Like, let me read this sign here. Uh, oh, yeah. Uncontrolledairspace.com. <laughs> and uh, Rob, where can people find your podcast on the Internet? How can they subscribe? Uh, iTunes, also the new pilotpodblog.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Robert Sigliano or at New Pilot Podblog. Great. Thank you very much. So, Rob Sigliano of the New Pilot Podblog, uh, Dave Higdon of Uncontrolled Airspace, and Mike and Elizabeth Daniels, uh, formerly of Mile High Flyers Podcast. And just stay tuned because there's all kinds of possibilities. <laughs> Where can we sign the petition to get it back on the air? <laughs> Well, uh, Doug and I were talking about a reunion the other day. So, And by the way, Doug's doing a lot of Civil Air Patrol flying, so I didn't mention him when I mentioned Nate and Zyola. 
Mm-hmm. And we'll be back in a few minutes with the final segment of uh, this year's Gap. Uh, you are listening to the Sun and Fun 2012 edition of the Gathering of Aviation Podcasters. This is Dave Crawford from EAA 1114, Coxfield in Apex, North Carolina. You're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, 1510 AM, Lakeland, Florida, and on the web at liveatc.net slash SNF. And we're back on the deck of Sun and Fun Radio here at Sun and Fun 2012 with Gathering of Aviation Podcasters. Um, and here in our final segment, we have, I'm trying to count, I think, I, ha- I think we have five podcasts represented here on the deck right now. Six if you count me, but we're not counting me. Uh, in no particular order, uh, let's, hu- let's say hi, first of all, to Stu, Stu Stevenson. Stuart Stevens, hi, of the Pilot's Journey podcast. Hi, how are you doing? Doing great, and we're actually uh, have one more podcast. I also do the editing for the Pilot Cast, which hasn't uh, been able to show up this so, time. So, six podcasts. This is like, it's a good thing we're not doing another, episode, another segment here tonight, or we'd be up to like 12. Or, yeah, so, uh, tell us about Pilot's Journey podcast. What's that, what's that all about? Well, Pilot's Journey Podcast is a hangar flying show, and it's uh, all about the joy of flying and pursuing the, uh, the, the passion of flying. So we, saw, we say enjoying the journey. Uh, it actually started about three, three and a half years ago uh, through Twitter and has evolved to uh, where I actually made a career change to be full-time flight instructor now. And I blame that all on podcasting. Okay. Um, how often do you do episodes and uh, you know sort of describe it? You mentioned as being hangar flying. Is it very conversational, or do you do interviews, or how do you do that? A, a little mix of everything, really. Um, we we do hangar flying. Uh, we have two CFIs now, and then an aircraft owner and commercial pilot, and uh, that's Mike. And uh, he, he did a little. Uh, we met him through my transponder mm-hmm. when he was considering buying an aircraft. And he went through that whole process, and we talked a lot on my transponder, and eventually had him as a guest on the show. As he described, how do you choose an aircraft? How do you uh, get qualified to fly at home, particularly in the mountainous region that he lives in? And he's really become an uh, integral part of the show and really uh, has a lot of true difficult flying experiences. He's had, the last show was called Mayhem. Uh, we discussed a lot of different uh, emergencies that people encountered. And Mike had several within one show. And so he gives that perspective from a real active pilot. And the other Stu and I uh, do are active flight instructors, both uh, primarily focused on light sport aircraft. Uh, but we see it from an instructional standpoint. And I've kind of made that transition from a, a private instrument pilot through to an instructor on the show. And uh, it, it really all became because of the social media and interacting with other podcasters and just the excitement and the passion that grows when you're with other people like like passions. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, how long have you been coming to Sun and Fun? This is my first year at Sun and Fun. Really? What been, do you think? Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, I've been to Oshkosh the last several years, but uh, this is a different flavor. I was expecting it to be a smaller Oshkosh, and it's really unique unto itself. Mm-hmm. Can you? Are you able to characterize how it's different? Uh, it seems a little more intimate and slower paced. Uh, not that I've taken the whole show in yet, but it seems like it, it might be possible to do where I've never had that illusion for Oshkosh. Yep. I knew we were going to have an empty chair up here on the deck, so I asked Carl Valeri of Smack to rejoin us. And, uh, <laughs> uh, welcome back. Uh, I've got a question for you, but I'll come back to that a little bit later on after okay. we say hello to these other podcasters. Excuse me, Jared. David. I'm going to step in here. Ladies and gentlemen, Carl Valeri got a media credential pass to come in and do the pod- his podcast and be on The Gap. He showed up at the radio station on the first day and asked, hey, can I help? He wanted to help us. I have to introduce you to the newest 
hardworking, dedicated member of the Sun and Fun radio crew. Let's have a big hand for Carl Valeri and all of the work he's done this week. Thanks, Dave. No, no, seriously, thank you. I mean, you're, you're really making it excel this week. Thank you so much. I really do Thanks greatly so appreciate it. Thank you. Get a lot of great interviews. All right, Jack, back to you. Sorry for interrupting no your, problem. your deal. No problem. I've, I've observed that, that Carl's been wandering around all over the place. doing. Every time I turn around, he's walked back in the door with another interview in his hand, you know, in his recorder. And he's like, oh, I talk to these people, and I talk to those people. And I'm, you know, but uh, that's kind of a, a part of the question I had to ask you in a little bit. But we'll come back to that. Uh, we also have representatives of... Uh, I don't exactly know how to introduce you guys. I know both of you pretty well from from quite a while uh, in different environments in different ways, and now you guys have ganged up, and I don't know what to expect. And it's like, well, first of all, is Dave Allen, our old friend, and uh, uh, just uh, one of one of aviation's most incredible ambassadors and and enthusiastic. I don't know. I'm babbling here. Can Hi, I write David. that down? Can Hi. I use that? Like, no, no, please don't. Most incredible. Yeah, ambassadors. I know. Okay, oh, all right. Yeah. Thank so, you. Uh, so uh, you uh, got into this podcasting thing how? Uh, Will Hawkins started a podcast. Everybody knows Will Hawkins as the, the director of A Pilot Story, the independent documentary film. But he started doing podcasting with the student pilot flight podlog when he was doing his flight training. Mm-hmm. Well, then he became a pilot. So the student pilot flight podlog didn't really apply. He starts the pilot's flight podlog mm-hmm. where he just did hangar flying. And on episode 28, I joined him as a guest, and uh, by episode 30, I was his co-host. So that's how I got my start into podcasting, was to become Will's co-host for the Pilot's Life right. Podlog. And then you guys did that together for a while. Quite a while, yeah. And then we brought on... Uh, Will got busy. You know, he's making a movie. Yeah. So so he's not able to sit, uh, sit to, to, to do podcasting with us as often as we'd like, but we don't want we don't want the podcast to... You know, so many of them come and go, and they pod feed, and we really want to keep that podcast going. So we brought on Michelle Cole, and she was on for a few episodes. Uh, she was uh, one of the Acro Campers mm-hmm. uh, from Acro Camp 1. And then, of course, uh, she gets busy flying her super decathlon upside down. Uh, so both of them are still welcome in the hangar, but uh, we just brought on Linda Meeks of Girls with Wings as our yeah. as our newest co-host. Yeah. Hi, Linda. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. So I met you first as one of the, uh, f- the original Acro Campers, uh, one of the four folks that came out to uh, Steve Tupper's uh, four-day intensive Acro training thing. And uh, where you uh, got got thrown in the deep end of the pool, so to speak. Right. right, and you've been running into me ever since. I have, as a matter of fact, <laughs> in, in very pleasant ways, as a matter of fact. Um, in a little bit, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about Girls with Wings, because that's a really important program. But uh, uh, how did you get hooked up with this guy as a podcast partner? Um, I needed the money. <laughs> And Wait I pay her. Wait I pay her pers- <laughs> many percentages above what everybody else is getting. Every podcaster here this evening who's been is still hanging around is looking at you, going, "What <laughs> money?" Uh, how, how, so obviously, you got. Well, I'm, I'm guessing you guys met through Acrocamp. No, no, we've known each other since before Acrocamp. I think we met via Twitter. I think so. Okay. Yeah, the first time I showed up at Sun and Fun, I knew nobody except through Twitter. Right. Yep. Yeah. That was when I first met you with Sun and Fun 2009, and I met you out on the Warbird ramp with a couple yes. of other, Joe Hunter right. and, and uh, Julie Vesco. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's where we first met in okay. person. Yeah. Right. So tell me, what is Pilot's Flight Pod Log like these days? You know what? Uh, we don't podcast as often as we'd like, but we are bringing it back, and we just we just hang or fly. We don't have any agenda. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do. Uh, sometimes we talk about a specific group of people. Like uh, we've had Youth Aviation Adventure on. We've had uh, Lynn Freeman with Build a Plane. You know, we we uh, we really want to just tell stories about aviation. We want to. 
do hangar flying, you know, the there I was stories, uh, how, to, how to be safer in aviation, and, and, and also to, it, I, I have a personal dream, and I know Linda does as well, to help grow the pilot population. Of course, she leans towards girls because, you know, there's, you know, girls need flight plans, not fairy tales. And, uh, but, you know, we just, it, it's a platform for us to really just kind of be, be energetic about aviation. Pilots want to fly. Mm-hmm. When they're not flying, they want to talk about it. And that's what we do. Yeah. Now, you also, don't put down the microphone. You... You're trying to tweet here. I know you're you are. Sorry. My yeah. So uh, you also do a video podcast. What's uh, that? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's other people's airplanes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a pilot, and everybody, you know, the people who follow me know that I'm not a pilot. But I still, you know, I still have hang around aviation. I hang around pilots. I hang around uh, air shows. I volunteer here at Sun and Fun Radio and other places. And I just, I just stay involved any way I can. As, as a result of that. As a result of that, I, I have an uncanny ability to get myself into other people's airplanes. Mm-hmm. But all that's, mem- you know, in my own memory. And uh, I mean, as a cadet in the Civil Air Patrol, I flew in KC-135 when we refueled F-15s over the Gulf. I flew in UH-60 Blackhawks. Do you have any experience in that? Yeah, I flew yeah, that. Right. I so, that, yeah, right. So she flew Hueys, which I is actually cooler. Yeah. Uh, so I, now you capture all that on video. Now I capture it on video in glorious high definition from multiple camera angles. I edit it together, and I bring you into the cockpit. Yeah. And say again what that's called? Other People's Airplanes. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. And how many? You've done what? By half a dozen? Ten? I've done... I did six episodes at Oshkosh. I've done... Uh, but the Oshkosh episodes weren't so much other airplanes, I've probably airplanes, done right? four or five complete episodes in the cockpit right and then i've got a whole bunch more in the can including two that i filmed this week here at sun and fun so i've got a lot of exciting episodes coming out mm-hmm. there's a there's a warrior a piper warrior with a, an avidine glass panel coming out uh there's uh the, the c31 troop ship from the u.s army parachute team really? aka the golden uh-huh. knights uh, i've got uh, the b25 mitchell i've got a n2s3 steerman and uh, a, a widgeon and a breezer so, oh, and of course, I've got all the planes from Macro Camp that we're going to be doing as well. Yeah, Stuart. So, what sort of flying do you do? Uh, you just sort of flying. What, what, how, you have, do you own an airplane? Do you? I don't. Uh, most of what I'm doing now is instructing in the the sport cruiser. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I fly that for fun. Also, I'll rent it and take it up uh, occasionally on weekends. But uh, I spend most of my days teaching people how to fly or doing transitions for people coming from, say, a Bonanza mm-hmm. or a 172 and transitioning into the light sports. Oh, okay. So do you do primary training? Do you do do sport pilot training? Both sport pilot and private. You do? Okay. So you do both? Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, it, I'm curious what your experience has been as an instructor comparing those two training experiences. Um, our demographic's a little different from a typical, like, American Flyers or one of the, the normal, quote, flight schools. We primarily cater to people like myself that... Um, are flying because they want to, not that they're looking for a career, not that they're looking to use it for consistent business transportation. They're just flying because they want to fly. So we have a very motivated student base. Um, A lot of them are older. We have some young students. We're doing some things with a local high school where we're bringing, uh, I think, 15 or 16 students through both uh, private pilot training as well as some mechanic training. And we've got that, that mix of, but everyone's really passionate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have anyone who's just doing it as a, a mechanical way to go through for a career and mm-hmm. flying. There's a lot of other places that do that more efficiently than we can. Yeah. Uh, so it's really enjoyable as an instructor and in that every student's motivated. They do their, their studying at home before they come. They're anxious to get in the plane. They're disappointed when the weather is bad. Uh, it, it really is a, makes it a lot of fun to go to work. Yeah. Do, do you have a sense from your experience what, the difference between a, a, a primary student, someone who's re- learning to fly from scratch, 
who has chosen either the sport pilot track or the private pilot track? Um, First of all, is there such a distinction in your experience? We don't really force a distinction until time to solo. Okay. Uh, we'll explain the differences in the two certificate levels to people. Um, most people will opt for the private if they think they can pass the medical. That's really the deciding factor. Mm-hmm. Um, people that aren't sure, they'll go sport pilot just to be safe. Uh, once they get to solo, they've got to have a student pilot certificate. So at that point, they either have to take the medical or get a, a student pilot certificate for the sport pilot rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, the training is really pretty much the same for us. The only thing we do different is night flying and instrument training for a private. Uh, we're in busy airspace, so everybody gets the Class B endorsement. Everybody gets the Towered Airport endorsement and the communication endorsements for sport pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few people really opt for that unless they know that they're going to do it occasionally or if they've got medical issues. Yeah. Where are you located? In Addison, Texas. Okay. Near Dallas. Yeah. Carl, the question I wanted to ask you, um, in, in the earlier segment where you were with us, um, you talked about the fact that you are both a professional pilot uh, for the airlines uh, and also a passionate general aviation pilot. I'm wondering if the, and I don't know if I'm going to express this right, is the joy of flying the same in both of those environments? No, I don't think so. I think it's a little bit different. Uh, the challenges are different, that's for sure. Yeah, certainly the, 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 te- joy, the, you know, the technology and the procedures. and Right. Yeah. The biggest difference between flying for the airlines and flying personally is the freedom. The reason that I fly general aviation is the freedom. I can look at something on the ground, and I can turn around that point and view the world from a much different perspective. And, and you don't I think don't your passengers would go for that? Right? No, no. Uh, it, they, they frown on us doing that. Like if I ask, hey, do you mind if we circle New York City for some pictures? Uh, they might <laughs> tell work. us no. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yes, I, I just, ever since I've gotten back into general aviation in the past four or five years, it's been, really has been a life-changing experience, especially being able to get involved in the podcasting world and, and realize there are, there are so many people that are passionate, and it's enabled me to get back to my roots and to do the thing I really, really love to do, and that's teach people how to fly mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, advance their careers. It's funny, though, because I would think an, e- an Embraer ERJ would be a real stable photo platform. <laughs> it is. <laughs> how did you get to this point? Did you start out as a GA pilot? Were you a military pilot? Or how did you? No, actually, uh, I owned a few businesses when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in the IT business. And then I uh, paired that off into a, a seafood company, amazingly enough. So those are totally different businesses. Okay. But, uh, like I wound up, uh, yeah, I wound up in the, in the Bahamas hanging out on a little island called Green Turtle Key in the yeah, Abacos. Yeah. And, uh, and then you discovered the airlines I, were hiring I, former uh, seafood industry well, it, no, actually, executives. <laughs> it, it was funny because what happened is uh, it was, I was at a point in my life and I, w- I wanted a change. And uh, a friend of mine said, well, you know, you've always wanted to uh, live full-time in a motorhome and you've always wanted to teach people how to fly. Go do it. So I sold everything, bought a motorhome, lived in it, and got my flight instructor certificate and started pe- teaching people. Really? And uh, so, so I traveled for 18 months in my motorhome and I, while I was teaching people how to fly. And uh, absolutely loved it because, uh, you know, one of the challenges for me is my, I have a problem with speech. And uh, I probably doesn't come across anymore, but uh, when I was younger, I had a lot of issues with that mm-hmm. and being able to talk. And uh, I don't, it was a bit of a challenge that obviously overcame, I overcame. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I tried my shot at the, at the, uh, 
at the movie industry. I was actually in the Bad News Bears. I don't know if you remember. Really? Down in, uh, in uh, Texas. Oh, you were that little kid. The little kid in Bad News Bears. No. no actually, they cut my part. That's how bad I was. Aww. And uh, I, was, I was awful. You know, I, I couldn't. I would just die if I got on a stage like this. I was so nervous. And, and through a lot of... Uh, I'm sorry. If you were the awful one that they cut from yeah. Bad News Bears. Yes. I I was, that, that's I was a bad, bad News Bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and that's what happened. I started saying, hey, listen, I can do this. I can overcome the fact that I can't speak uh-huh. and very well. And, uh, and I did it. And I don't think many people hear my, my issue. And, uh, and it's been wonderful. And I, I was able to start teaching people, too, in the airplane. And all of a sudden, I realized I love to talk. And I love to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when I was about 17, 16, 17, was able to, and back then there was something else, uh, was had my own uh, television show. And along with somebody else in Basking Ridge, New Jersey, which is actually where a gentleman, uh, his name's Rinker Buck, who uh, oh, sure. wrote a book called Flight of Passage. A terrific and he, book. Right. Out of the airport I used to go hang out at. Oh. And uh, he was actually a friend of my father's. And uh, I said, yeah, let me check this out and uh, see if I like this flying thing. And I sure love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. So it's a different path than most. I'm a little late in the game, as people say, but I don't think so. I think, as a matter of fact, I, I, I like people to, to, if they're looking at changing careers, to look at me and say, hey, listen, you know, I can do that. If he can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, you know, I gave up everything uh, just to go ahead and, and uh, fly airplanes. It's not something that makes me anywhere near the money that my businesses did, but, uh, but it's something that I love to do every day, and I get paid for doing this. Mm-hmm. This is terrific. Yeah. I get paid to fly airplanes. It, it's wonderful. That's great. Now if That's we could great. just get paid to do podcasts. I know. <laughs> Linda, you have an interesting background. Uh, as David alluded to, you flew helicopters for a while. I did. For how, what was that situation? I, I also, like Carl, I had an interesting path to where I am now, but I did learn to fly helicopters first in the Army. Wasn't intending to be a pilot, but I had uh, joined ROTC so I could have a job after I graduated from college, which sometimes is a little hard to do. And um, they asked me what branch I wanted to get into, and somebody told me aviation was the toughest branch to get. And to me, that was an invitation. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so, so yes, I, I started flying helicopters in the military, went straight to a King Air, and then onto an aviation career in the regional airlines and the fractional airlines, and, and now I'm furloughed. And so I'm going kind of back to the beginning, which I never was not in my beginning, and I'm a CFI, so mm-hmm. I'm flying all kinds of general aviation airplanes now. Yeah. What is Girls with Wings? Girls with Wings is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. One of the things that I noticed when I was a pilot that uh, people used to always ask me if I was a real pilot. Or if the captain ever let me fly. Um, so I wanted to let people know that, yes, women were, in fact, pilots. And it was a per- perfectly legitimate career path. And uh, people just didn't really realize it. So we go out and we, we want to grab the girls while they're young. So they grow up knowing that girls are pilots. And we do this through an interactive website. We do presentations to girls groups. And we also do scholarships every year for flying lessons. And it is uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time on the 30th. And we have one more day available in our current scholarship application window. Mm-hmm. So, And where would people, how would they do that? If they're hearing this on the stream or whatever. Yeah, girlswithwings.com is our website. Yeah. One, one thing you kind of glossed over there. Um, when did you start flying for the Army? 93. Okay, and when did you fly the Powderpuff Derby? 
2009 okay. was the first time? So 1993, she starts flying turbines. Yeah. And didn't fly a piston engine until <laughs> 2009. <laughs> Why? So... Some people, I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with AcroCamp. AcroCamp was an, an idea that uh, aviation podcaster Steve Tupper, who actually is going to be on these uh, airwaves tomorrow evening, I believe. Yes, tomorrow. Um, yep. uh, interestingly enough, not from Sun and Fun. Uh, he's going to be doing it by, uh, by uh, the magic of the Internet. And yes. uh, uh, he'll be on, on the air tomorrow night. But he came up with this idea of AcroCamp where he wanted to film, uh, he wanted to make a documentary of uh, four people who were not acro-experienced, uh, who were just kind of... You know, put together with some excellent aircraft and some excellent instructors, but kind of dumped into it and 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 total immersion learning about acro. All right, and and he invited people to apply and to make their case that they wanted to be the one that would be given this opportunity, and he selected four, and you were one of the first four that he selected. Why did you want to do that? I wanted to do that because in between my helicopter time and starting the King Air multi-engine turbine time, I had 30 hours in a 182 to do the transition. So I had very little experience in these airplanes. And frankly, when they put me in the uh, Citabria to fly out to the practice area, I was a little nervous. Uh, and I wanted to go back home. <laughs> you, you, you confessed later on that you were quite nervous. I was quite nervous, yeah. So it was, it was a personal challenge to me to go out there and do aerobatics, which I was, for lack of a better word, completely terrified about. So I wanted to let people know it's okay to be scared. But, you know, to get past that fear is, is so important. Yeah. And uh, have you continued to do any acro stuff since then? or I haven't. I plan to. Yeah. You know, there's that whole furlough thing, lack of funds. Oh, yeah. Which is why I'm in the lucrative business of podcasting now. <laughs> there's this one scene. Steve has been releasing little clips from this, right. from this movie. Yep. And there's this one scene that Linda... At first, didn't like she. She wasn't real fond of it, but it was the first time when when the two airplanes. It was uh, Don and, and you, Linda, in this in the pits. I'm sorry, no, you, no it was Barry and yeah. you in the in the Super D, mm -hmm. and Don and Paul. Uh, Paul Gump, we call him in the in the pits. Mm -hmm. And they went out and met up in the practice area and did some formation work with you in the front, and uh, Paul in the back. And Paul's an airline pilot. He was not happy being less than three miles from another airplane yeah. at all. But she was in the front of this Super D just chewing gum. And, and, I, and I, she doesn't like the, me to talk about this, but I, I, see, the, I see the scene as the, uh, uh, the Chuck Yeager, you know, hey, hey, Ridley, you got any Beeman's, just chomping on some gum because she's so comfortable in the airplane. So she goes from this scaredy cat, doesn't, it, frightened about this thing, to now she's doing formation work with another airplane in, in the practice area, chewing on some gum because she needs something else to do. It was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, let's just be clear about that. Although you were, you know, had, had big reservations mm -hmm. before those first flights, you stuck with it for the four days. And, and what, was your, what was your reaction when, when the three or four days was done? Uh, well, my last flight was in the pits, and... I didn't want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. I told uh, Don to show me what this thing could do. So everything that I'd seen in air shows, I was actually sitting in the airplane doing. So it was amazing. Yeah. It's getting to be time to wrap this thing up. I want to make sure that everybody can uh, get in touch with everybody and, and, and subscribe to all your podcasts. Let's, let's start. Well, and, and just kind of in general where you are on the Internet. So how can people find you on the Internet and how can they find you, your podcasts? Linda Meeks at girlswithwings.com. I'm also on Twitter, Girls With Wings, and we've got several Facebook pages. Just search them out. And the pilotsflightpodlog.com is where our podcast is at. Yeah. And you can email us at pilotsflightpodlog at gmail.com as okay. well. Okay. 
And uh, why don't you add the uh, other people's airplanes information in there? Yeah, so uh, both of the podcasts, Pilots Fly Pollog and Other People's Airplanes, you can subscribe to those in iTunes. And Other People's Airplanes is also available at otherpeoplesairplanes.com. You can uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just follow the links off the website. And, of course, you can find me in between episodes at uh, twitter.com slash daveflies, D-A-V-E-F-L-Y-S. Great. Thank you. Stuart, where can people find you on the Internet and learn more about uh, getting subscribing to your podcast? Uh, the Pilot's Journey podcast is at pilotsjourney.com. That's plural. The Pilot Journey is a little bit different. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter as Pilot Stu. That's S-T-U. And uh, also on my transponder with the same name. Yep. We already got yours, Carl, so we won't. won't uh, but uh, and, and for what it's worth, uh, I'm Jack Hodgson on Twitter. I'm just plain Jack Hodgson at Twitter. And uh, uncontrolledairspace.com is where you can learn more about my podcast. Uh, huge thanks to, uh, to these folks, Stu Stevenson of Pilot's Journey Podcast, uh, Dave Allen and Linda Meeks of Pilot's Flight Podlog, and Dave, of course, of uh, Other People's Airplanes. Carl, thanks for coming on back and uh, talking to us about uh, your, your passion for flight. That's a really You're interesting uh, 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 trail that you've, you've followed and... Uh, very, very interesting. Um, and thank you to all the other podcasts and all the other podcasters who have come up under the deck in the last hour and a half. It's fascinating to meet these people. If you are not already listening to aviation podcasts, you should be. Uh, there's just an incredible variety of, of experiences being told about and talked about uh, on the Internet. And uh, go into iTunes and search for Aviation Podcast or go into Google and search for Aviation Podcast, and you'll find the, the 10 or 12 that we've talked to here tonight as well as a lot of other ones. Uh, there's a lot lot of good stuff out there. Um, it's a great way to not only fill in the gaps between the times when you're able to go flying, um, it's also a way to learn more, to improve your piloting skills, to learn about the experiences that other people are having as well. Um, so find, find some podcasts that you enjoy, um, download, download them to your, to your iPod or your whatever, you know, your, your laptop computer or whatever, and, uh, and uh, be part of the uh, aviation podcast thing. So thank you to everyone. I get feeling, David, are you going to jump in here or, or we'll just throw this back to the break? Okay, um, you have been, Jack. Carl? Before you go, just let people know if you don't have an iPod and you want to listen to your podcast, Uncontrolled Airspace, just get on the internet and go to the website. You can press play and just listen you, to it on all of them. That's the case. You can watch them on your laptop, or listen, listen or watch to uh, them on your uh, laptop computer or your regular, regular, you know, personal computer um, in your browser or. You know, there's lots of different ways. You don't need an iPod. Anyways, that's it for uh, Gathering of the Aviation Podcasters 2012. Uh, I'm Jack Hodgson. Thank you to the Sun and Fun Radio folks for giving us their airwaves. And uh, that's it. We'll see you all next time. This is Jeff Ward from Behind the Scenes at the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast. You're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, 1510 AM, Lakeland, Florida, and on the web at liveatc.net slash SNF.